That. <laughs> Welcome to the catching out pod. <laughs> Starting off with a bang. We love to see it. <laughs> yeah, so for you, those of you that couldn't see, essentially Zoe, meanwhile, it's really distracting. I've got to like focus on OBS on one screen and then on the other screen in the corner of my eye, there's just Zoe going like this in the corner. But obviously that never happened because no one saw it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not on video. You don't, it's, it's not there. I'm, I'm no recording my screen next time. <laughs> I should have Threats that. have been made. Threats have been made. <laughs> <laughs> right anyway anyway welcome to the catch that podcast um I, i'm nick episode, uh, two. episode two let's go post euros a little bit delayed apologies for that um i can blame my co-host for that so my co-hosts are column which is over there down below and for audio listeners i'm pointing to my bottom left and zoe but i'm right she's the reason why it's late uh, <laughs> not to solid blame the reason <laughs> um yeah so if you didn't know um covid's been hot around um yeah that fun word so uh it's been hot wait sorry i've messed that up it's there's been covid and it has been hot (laughs) the two the two potato with covid yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can dodge a ball but you can't dodge the rona um (laughs) <laughs> I think that's the big takeaway from Euros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That is the biggest Some takeaway. Insane figure. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Oh my god. Anyway, so welcome to our second full episode. Uh, we're going to be talking all things Euros, post Euros, analyzing how terrible our predictions were, um, reliving moments where people would come up to us at Euros and tell us we were wrong to our faces, which is just amazing loved it thanks for that guys um and i'm not our being sarcastic it was great fire yeah our de- <laughs> it's the amount of honestly, people who've messaged us to say stuff just like guys come on yeah like uh, look to <laughs> we, initial apology i'm gonna put there. it out there i i do apologize for the fact that we made predictions and we're wrong <laughs> um <laughs> it happens I, do, I still back i still back though i still think i'll be right occupational hassle i'm afraid um but yeah this is how england can still win yes <laughs> um but yeah anyway um so want to give a big shout out to everyone who's listened um and thanks before uh for all of that uh all the support we've had honestly it's been amazing how much support we've had all the people that have come up to us and said hi uh thanks for doing the podcast and just talking about euros and dodgeball in general um the overwhelming positive comment that i heard i don't know about you Zoe, it's uh euros or even at b's column is just that the amount of people that actually enjoyed it because it got them hyped for euros because they were a bit anxious about traveling and things like that but then you know hearing about this and knowing that euros is happening there is a competition to get excited for um and euros definitely delivered on that so i really appreciate all the uh all the comments all the all the messages we we genuinely love it um and yeah all the likes and sharing it's uh really great so um moment of proud moment for all of us as we reached 300 300 followers on instagram we're at 320 odd views on youtube for the first episode and around 90 streams online as well so 
this is uh, honestly just far exceeded our expectations. So we're really glad that you guys like it. Um, it's still or, insane that we had we tripled our number of followers on Instagram since the last yeah. time we recorded our predictions. Yeah, which is like, like it, genuinely insane. People like memes and uh, people like Zoe going up to them at, um, in in the Euros and saying, "Hey, have you heard that we do a podcast?" I'll uh, chop your head. If you <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he got it in there. Um, <laughs> um, this is why I get yellow powder. This is my violent streak. Yeah, honestly, I've I've seen some like scary people playing dodgeball, and nothing scares me more than Zoe running at me with a dodgeball two-handed gonna axe throw a dodgeball at me and i'm just like what is this person doing it is frightening oh my god um, oh. but yeah th thanks for all the support um and yeah really appreciate it and uh personal thanks from me for uh when when i was at euros thanks for everyone who sent me a dodgeball i got five nice new ones um so shout out to those who gave me uh gave me them so aldrid uh, the kit collector gave me a Highlander ball and a GCG ball. Um, Ludo for the CEC ball. Uh, and uh, just out of shot, uh, you know what? Screw it, let's do it. There you go. This one right here, the Amsterdam ball uh, from Lisa, uh, I believe from from the Netherlands. So thank you for all of that. It's, uh, I, it's, uh, I wanna hopefully, before I leave this flat, get like a nice tall collection. Um, because there are five. I just want to point across. out, you just said Keith Collector. Keith Collector. Keith Collector yeah. is what you said. I'm so Keith sorry. Keith Collector. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't hate me. Don't hate me, Audrey. Audrey. Oh, you guys would have said Kite Collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, why anyway. did you laugh at that? That was awful. <laughs> I, uh, someone has to laugh at this color. That was someone the most has to laugh that I've ever gotten in my life. And I've been on, and I've been on dates before. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, it's taking us to the second episode to bring up our dating lives. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Colin. We run a podcast. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure people can guess how bad our dating lives are. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Let's move swiftly on. <laughs> uh, so, so moving swiftly on, Euros. Um, the other people we want to say thanks for is uh, Dodgeball Netherlands um, for hosting it. Uh, we'll get on to like our thoughts on on the whole thing, but um, just big shout out to, to those because we thought it was incredible. I really enjoyed my time there. As the first Euros to go to, what a first Euros to choose! Uh, it was great. So uh, thanks for everything that, and obviously EDF for you know being the over overarching body for it all. It's uh, been a really great competition and great product to watch for sure. Um, and yeah, um, and on that is uh, everyone being welcoming to us at Euros as well. So when we turned up and uh, we were we were talking talking shit at Euros and in the in the crowds, whatever people coming up to us and talking to us, it was really really great and uh, really appreciate it. So we'll get on to you know yet again that dodgeball makes this uh, dodgeball people make the sport. Um, it really was it really was that experience and uh look if you're not already looking at booking your tickets to go to croatia next year what are you doing get on with it let's get there let's 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 like absolutely turn out for it because it, it's going to be awesome especially after this year has been so epic uh going to croatia is going to be amazing as well so yeah um anything in like nick, nick nick has just been trying to prod into the fact that i've i didn't actually go 
And so he's just going to keep talking about how lovely everybody was for turning up and how enjoyable an experience it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Tom, didn't you really enjoy everyone coming up to you constantly to ask you questions and talk to you when you were in, in Drafton with the rest of us? Didn't you just really um, love the ambiance, Tom? It was really nice that everybody took the, uh, the detour to Manchester to come, come <laughs> to me personally, you know. The, the one thing I will say is that you did manage to avoid the hell of shiphole for that weekend. Um, congratulations <laughs> on that one. I think I, smart, smart decision on your point. <laughs> smart decision on your 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 part for missing that. Um, I will also say uh, I doff my cap to Spike for realizing that taking the ferry would probably be the best next best option after not that going. Is the most genius move I'd ever heard. <laughs> it was so like, good. We may have missed the first like four matches, <laughs> but we still got there. If we you got really there wanted to, you could have went earlier. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you still yeah. smashed it overall. It was, it was great. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, going on to the episode and what we're going to talk about. So we are uh, going to be splitting this up into two episodes. Yeah, sorry to to be a tease and make you wait for half of the content. Um, <laughs> stop it, you tease. <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, this is so not PG. <laughs> I, I said this whenever, whenever we agreed to do this podcast, I said I am not allowed to be PG. That was my only condition in the exam. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is labelled as explicit. So if if any young children listening to this, I do apologise. You're welcome. You know, you know what you signed up for. Um, so. Yeah, so we're going to do, uh, today we're going to like talk about our thoughts on the Euros in general as a whole, and then we're going to go on to the women's competition, so uh, stick around for that. Um, honestly, it was a great competition, so there's lots to talk about, which is why we're doing it on this episode. The other one, um, we're going to be looking at mixed and men's, uh, and that will be coming out, uh, I believe, next week. So that's when we're planning on planning that out to you peoples. So we'll give you a nice, nice long week to, to listen to our dulcet tones on women's dodgeball and how awesome it was. <laughs> yeah, don't... <laughs> for, for, for audio listeners, um, Colm is very quizzical right now. Dulcet tones! <laughs> oh, that's why people listen to us, right? It's, it's, it's definitely... We, we've got voices for pod, faces for podcasts, isn't it? That's that's the logic, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, this is this is this is why we've got a video as well, right? Um, just you know, just to make us feel better. I did I did get one piece of feedback from I can't remember which Swiss person it was, but someone said that we have we have really nice accents, and I think that if anything is just in comparison to like Sergio the American. Like, well done. We don't have an American accent. We're okay. <laughs> Shout out to the Dodgeball podcast. Um. <laughs> he has a lovely accent. It's just unfortunately it's an American accent. Yeah, yeah, uh, us fine British folks. Well, I say Brit again. I'm gonna keep. <laughs> I'm gonna do this every time. Oh, <laughs> every time. <laughs> You're one of us now. <laughs> Um, sorry, my Swiss and Irish so is supporting out. England in the the football Euros. So yeah, I am actually yeah. Dodgy, yeah. dodgy. Mm. That's because Switzerland is out. Switzerland's been out since the group stages. So you know that, right? She says she says this while wearing a French I, top, I and France enough. is still it, we're, as, we're at time of recording. Now, so obviously you're out. Right. At time of recording, France is still in the competition, <laughs> and she's wearing a France top. So uh, yes, but I'm I'm Swiss, so I can't support France. 
my dad was horrified when he saw me wearing this shirt earlier. He was like, why are you wearing a French top? And I was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's like it's like a, a dodgeball player that I know. Like, we're friends. He's like, yes, but it's it's a French shirt. Yeah, but it's oh, so good. Look at it. It's so pretty. It's so good. It's so good to be wearing an England shirt, right? It's so good. Yeah, it's a wearing Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I mean, is there, is there a Swiss-French rivalry? Like, is that a big thing? Yes. Okay. Because I always thought it was France-Italy, but... Yeah, fair it's, enough. It's a big rivalry. Like, the Swiss think we've got a rivalry. I don't think that the French are aware of this, but we're really intent on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all love a good one-sided rivalry. That's the best kind of rivalry. <laughs> I hate you. Who are you again? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's what we're going to be doing on our episodes. Um, so please tune in to the next one and uh, in, enjoy that. But yeah, um, so moving on to actual content and relevant stuff to the Euros that just happened. Uh, we're going to talk about Euros in general and Column from from home, not to point that out again. Uh, what was it like? Like, what were the streams like? What was the what what was it like from that perspective? Because you know, it's I having watched the stream back the streams back, I think it's very different when you're actually there and you're you're hopping from channel to channel or uh, stream to stream to to watch the games you want. Like one day I was at um a friend's house watching and you're just like having to go on the, the PlayStation and swap between different courts to see all your all your different mates playing at the same time. Um it was really well set up. I, I really like the feature, because um, the last time they had like all four streams, I think was Italy and it wasn't a smooth transition in between like watching it now that YouTube's got better handling it um, it was really good there was a few technical issues that happened throughout the day like some streams dropping and stuff like that but that was always gonna happen you know and um, but the fact that they managed to do it for the majority of games and um, really really impressive and it made watching it um a lot of fun Um, just so much dodgeball <laughs> there was so I'd, I'd love to know how many actual matches there were, but you had like what? Um, I think it was mm. five five teams roughly in groups and stuff like that. Like it was a lot of matches, um, and it was a lot of fun to um, sit there and watch it all day. Eight hours of dodgeball a day. I tell you what, shout out to Greg for thinking of stuff to talk about for eight hours worth of dodgeball. I mean, um, to be fair, he had like some good games that he could talk about for eight hours. Like some good games. He also had some good games. Eight hours. Him, um, helping him out as well. But yes, yes, but dodgeball. <laughs> How long? We spent two hours twenty minutes just talking about the idea of dodgeball. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but he, he he done a really good job, and made. I would I would love to see a year where you can have four courts with like four different commentators on. And then like grab different mm. guests. Uh, that that's what I'd love to see. Because the only annoying thing is, is that trying to watch dodgeball without commentary for eight hours in a day can be a bit like not as enjoyable. It's quite nice, like especially whenever I was working and stuff. It would have been nice to have it, but obviously that is that is like a. It's not. It's not a criticism. It's it's, it's a it's a pr it's a prayer for. Mm. Um, one day for it will happen if it happens in Croatia I'd absolutely love it mm. um, but yeah that's like it was but it genuinely it was a really good experience um, and anytime that there was technical glitches everybody always went to court one to to Castle Greg which was absolutely fantastic <laughs> <laughs> it was like I'm not the tech guy 
It's like, yeah, but you pass it on to somebody else there, will you? Yeah, it, it was very really weird. Like, at, at the actual event, like, if you were watching it, you wouldn't know anything about the streams because you were too busy actually watching the four courts and jumping yeah, between yeah. them and looking. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, we jumping between had... the courts, you're like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, it was what well, it was that um oh was it dodgeball sweden that did the video i was just like is it tennis or dodgeball where it was just like yeah people just doing like this <laughs> and it's just like actually when you think about it that's kind of what dodgeball looks like <laughs> do you know what i was also a big fan of for the scene um happening a few times was the french were live streaming it from their phones and giving french commentary over it which i the, thought was the a checks, really nice touch the checks also did Checks it as well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, well, they I did it on YouTube. That. I but... thought that was. Ah, uh... oh, that's why. I, that's why I wouldn't have seen it. Um, but yeah, that was. I thought that was a really cool. Uh, cool thing for them to do as well. That actually. Be, um, rolling back to the idea of having commentators in each court be really cool. If like um, one of their players from that wasn't playing, like say the women were playing, one of the men would come over and do commentary on the stuff. Like you'd love to see that one year. Yeah, I think the um, things in general, right, is that compared to last Euros at Newcastle, that was, um, we had, what, one main court and then three on Facebook. Uh, we didn't have any uh, score. They weren't official streams, the other streams. Were they not? They were on EDF, though. Were they? Was that, you know, was it not Newcastle you're thinking of? That's what I just said. Oh, sorry, no, I thought you said the last said, Euros. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I you said the last Euros. Yeah, yeah, the last one was like, um, it was like GoPros hanging up on the the netting at the back. And then yeah. for some games, somebody would remember to hold up a scoreboard with like flags. Oh, yeah, so about on them and stuff 90% like of the streams had uh, a scoreboard updating all the time. Like there were a few times where it didn't update or there was a few issues with it, especially at the beginning with teething issues, right? But in general, I think it got working pretty well and we had scoreboards. Most of them had like the scores. It was yeah. the timings that didn't happen all the time yeah. um i think so a fundamental I, I, I think over, overall it was a really good job i'm not gonna lie yeah like fundamental for a match you need a scoreboard to understand like, in, it, in it terms may, of scores compared to yeah compared to previous years where they've had the live streams like having yeah. the scores makes it so much easier to follow um, and yeah. especially if you're coming into it like five minutes late you have no idea whether it's a good thing or a bad thing about like how tight it is, stuff like that. So it, it made it a lot easier as a from a viewer side to be able to watch it, and it made it easier to kind of like swap between streams, and know which ones are like really worth watching at that time and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, honestly, hats off to them. They've done a really good job, um, and having like the I think it was like the fifth referee or like the fifth volunteer from the line refs. Like using them to update the scoreboards, I believe that's how it looked yeah. from the live stream. Um, was a really smart idea from them. So the way that worked, and yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Zoe, because you actually did it. But essentially, on each court there was a PC, uh, and that PC yeah, yeah. was linked to the the GoPro, and that was the stream uh, for it. And on each of the screens, they had a big screen, and on that screen they would have um, a time in the middle and score for each team. Yeah. And I'm guessing there were basically buttons to say this team won a set or this yeah. team won a set uh, and then to reset the, the time. And the way that the timing system worked was they would even have the 20 second cooldown between this set and the next set. So if the start... Oh, really? That's cool. So You didn't see that, you didn't see that in the live streams. Yeah, there was like yeah. a red... It went to a red timer, essentially. And during that, if the ref started the set before the 20 seconds were up, then there was a way for the person to say start set, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and then it would go on for, for that um 
which is a really impressive setup. The scoreboards were pretty clear to see for all everyone. I seen um, I seen a photo from or maybe it was one of the live streams I was watching, and it, like there it looked big enough that it would help players on court and stuff like that. And I don't know from like yeah. how how good it was Absolutely. from like the stands. Yeah, it was. There was one court where they had a smaller screen, or at sometimes they didn't even have a screen; they just had the the normal traditional like flip chart scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's perfectly fine. Like the the refs were really good at updating the scores. Correct. I think there was one game from what I understand where the scores weren't updated correctly, but yeah, because didn't affect uh... anything. But um, other than that, like all the scores were updated pretty fine from my perspective. So if you didn't know, I was there with the Welsh lot. And I was doing their social media while I was there. Um, being able to see the scores at half time and at the full time and knowing that they were correct was really helpful to get a post out quickly and update you know, the social media. So um, just to clear up any confusion, I, again, don't know what it was like on the stream, but just in case they could hear it from the social media and this was the final score. So um, and see what it was. So it was. I thought it was really slick, really well run. Um, I loved the layout. So moving on to like what it was like actually being there. Uh, the layouts of the courts I loved I love the netting I, like if you were to host an ideal dodgeball tournament to me like the spacing around the courts was plenty and the net, the way the netting was I think is how I would like to see dodgeball play I know there's a debate that we've always had of do you do wall to wall do you have netting like do you have a mixture like you know what's the ideal sp- uh, space because obviously at St George's we have netting on one side and a really long wall on the other as in like a lo- a large blank space and then walls so it kind of works like a net but isn't technically a net Um, whereas this was just netting all around so most of the time if you hit the net the ball was trapped on the other side Um, I quite like that I quite like how that feeds into the style of dodgeball so having it in this format and having four set up in a way that it was in like quadrants from a viewer's perspective meant that no one court was miles away to, to watch no, I you can see it. you can see from the live stream because some of them had like the overlooking camera that you could see like it was as a, it was really well set up for a spectator to watch it all. Um, I don't know how much the nets would have interfered in being able to see stuff, but it looked like it should be fine. It was it was pretty pretty fine to be honest. Like you could yeah. see, like nets are nets. You can see through nets, so um, it was it was kind of okay. <laughs> Not, not to point to make out the me sound like a bell end. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, but uh, like the ideal scenario, right, is if you could, uh, if hey, if we had the spectators, so hint, hint, come to Croatia. Um, if if we had the spectators and the like, ideal scenario for it is that you'd have we had spectator seating on one side of the hall, uh, and we'd have spectator seating on the other side of the hall as well. So you could, if you wanted to switch sides to see, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been helpful. But like that. That is the most minor comment yeah, of all because so the just, whole thing opinion. was just like, really good. Like I, I think Zoe, you talked about this before, right? When we first looked at the sports hall, we were like, I was like, is that big enough for like all the courts? And we did the math, and we're like, <laughs> yeah, basically you could fit all four courts side by side, have like a meter and a half between each one, and then you'd have like a super long back end. And I'm like, oh, I, that's yeah. cool. At least it'll be like a nice long back, so balls won't be pinging off all the time. Um, but then actually going to see it and it was just four quadrants that were netted. It was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, the it, yeah. it looked it looked a very good job. Uh, there wasn't really many issues of like balls flying between courts. Um, no. Especially, especially compared to like previous years. It was always a big issue. So, yeah, if 
Kudos to them for finding that place. Yeah, it was good. Any any thoughts from you, Zoe, on like the 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 event and the setting? I think overall it was really good. I think the, the whole thing with the screens was very helpful when the screens worked. And like you said, most of the time they worked. I think we had a slight problem as the Swiss team on the third day in our final match when like one of the screens stopped working with five minutes left and nobody told us. So like the time was all wrong, but no one told us that the times were wrong. And that was a bit of a nightmare. And in the back of my head, I was like, this wouldn't happen if you had a traditional clock. But also that's like... That's inevitable. I think realistically, there were always going to be massive problems with any kind of tech thing, and nothing massively went wrong the whole way through. I think if, if the biggest problem is one of the matches at the end of the day had a problem with a screen, that's that's pretty impressive to me. It felt a lot better than Newcastle. Newcastle felt very underwhelming sometimes in the, the level of organisation. Um, not to shit on British Dodgeball. British Dodgeball did a good job, but this felt a lot better organized as far as the streaming side of things, as far as the court layouts, as far as um, we had uh, warm-up halls. That was a big difference for me. We had the, the two sports halls off Did to the you? side. Yeah. Two oh, little sports didn't, halls right off the I side. didn't find out about this until the gala. Like, until the gala. I was like, <laughs> wait, there's, there's a sports hall there? And they are like, oh yeah, that's where we warmed up. And I was like... I wondered where half yeah. the teams went to, like, because they weren't on court warming up oh, and they weren't yeah. in the stands. And I was like, where have they gone? Um, oh, but yeah. My, my memories in uh, Newcastle are of warming up in, like, they had a damp studio space, but you have to be really careful because there's windows or mirrors everywhere because it's a damp studio. Whereas this was nice. It was actual sports halls and there were two of them so you can make sure you weren't in the same so one as your helpful. opponent. Yeah. Did they, did they so also helpful. have spectators sitting in there? Because they were like kind of squ- they were like no. okay because they were like from oh. just looking oh. in they looked like kind of like slightly longer than squash sort court size essentially. Yes. That was they kind of like a basketball court. Right. Okay. A little bit bigger. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it, like the venue itself was really cool. The the seating no, was that's, great. That, that's such a helpful thing. Like in previous, like you find it at tournaments and stuff like that, where you're like, oh, really to warm up, and there's just literally nowhere for you to go. So you're like taking up hallways, going outside. Yep. Like I think for I think it might have been Glasgow where we end up going into like a big astroturf pitch to to warm up basically. Um, yeah, so something like that. That's that's class for the players. Yeah. Like, that's such a difference. It's Italy had a, a really Italy had like a, Italy had like a wee dance studio that they used, which was pretty decent. But you couldn't do much. You couldn't do throwing properly in it. it. Was the only issue. Yeah, like the 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 whole the whole thing was pretty well. Like that, the, the facilities were great, but like. Um, I think the first thing someone said to me when we went there was just like, oh, okay, you've arrived. Uh, we're sitting here and basically there's toilets everywhere. Like there's, mm-hmm. and what they meant by that is like literally wherever you turned, there was like a, a, like a toilet that you could go to. There was uh, ones up in the stadiums. There was downstairs on the floor, uh, ground floor. By middle the of the court. Hall. Yeah, middle of the court. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's a bit, that's, <laughs> going to say that's a bit harsh for some of the teams that shit the bed, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Name names, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, well, I will get on to it, but um, no, no one did because it was just such a great Euros, to be fair. The competition was great on all sides. So quickly backtracking there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, and there was a nice little. Uh, I, I, I've got to call it a bar, really, right? It was a, it was kind of like yeah, a cafe. cafe. It was a bar, um, where you're talking, you, but like downstairs, and it was really nice, like proper nice seating, place to sit, um, have a team chat if you needed to, because it was re- it was quite quiet down there because not many people used it because people were either yeah. getting ready to go on court or they were upstairs watching other matches um, or refing. Um, and the location of it was pretty good. You know, there was um, space outside, like during the final stay of the Welsh lot, we went outside and played Frisbee, um, which was good oh, fun. Oh, yeah, I've seen, seen a video of that. Yeah, look cool. Um, and then, you know, there was like a little, and I don't know what the other supermarkets called in, in Netherlands, but it was a really nice, like really nice one. Um, had lots of vegan stuff, so 10 out of 10 for me. Um, but like having it nearby, which is We're like, not able to survive off of apples and coffee. I don't, well, I don't drink coffee, I drink tea. So, you know, that was another issue. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I've got the uh, the British flag back, just to, just to remind everyone <laughs> that I've, I'm a teaaholic. Um, but yeah, no, it was really great. Uh, yeah, it was really great. And I think the we were concerned about the whole thing of staying in Groningen and how that would work out. Yes. But the, the bus system worked really well, I thought. Um, yeah, I think after the first day, it, it worked a lot better. The first day, I think some teams were maybe taking the piss a little bit, and I won't name names. But um, after that, then I think people generally got a little bit better at actually respecting the fact we all had to be there for a certain time. And, and it worked really well. I, I really liked the, the vibe in the hotel that we had. like Because we had, in the same hotel, we had you know Northern Ireland, Switzerland, Sweden. Three <laughs> <laughs> Northern Ireland, Switzerland, Sweden, Austria, and Wales, obviously. Uh, we're that's all in the good, same hotel. Bunch, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really, really good. good. But lovely, it's lovely nice people. It was nice to like, go back and, like, I don't know, we'd, all, all of us Swiss lot would go off after dinner and get our, you know, ice creams and then split off into different groups. Um, and, like, you'd go back to the hotel and you'd find, like, a bunch of the Austrians were sitting around and you could go have a glass of wine with some of the Austrians or the Welsh would be playing cards or you'd have Sean from Northern Ireland in the corner who would talk your ear off as happened to Nick multiple times. No, 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 no. He w- <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's get this, let's get this correct. Okay. No, no, he no, was- no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That was, that, that was another meme. Um, no, Sean, Sean, Sean was, uh, Sean was in the corner watching video and trying to be a good coach and be prepared for the next mm. day. We, the Welsh lot who were not playing the next day. So like- myself and Spike were just, chatting shit in the corner and sean just couldn't help himself <laughs> because poor, poor sean had to put up with you in spite uh well well i'm reese was there too and honestly it, just like... <laughs> it was so funny some of, some of the stuff reese was saying sean was literally had to stop watching because he was crying with laughter <laughs> i was like i've got to join this chat because it, and that was that was the vibe. People laughing at you because I can imagine it's laughing at you. No, not me. I it wasn't the stuff I was saying. It was it was definitely not I me. That. I can believe that to be fair. Yeah, I'm not a funny guy to be fair. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the hotel was was awesome. Like the Austrians, I think, like they, they were outside. They were having a drink outside, but I think they figured out that their rooms faced onto the front of the hotel. And mm. I walked past them several times, and I think I think it was a, like a little. Um, massage ball that like you know that you use to like roll on your back 
um and they were like rubber ones yeah and they were like throwing it up to the window and like seeing if they i'm like talk about getting your aim in for the next day that is a great practice so 10 out of 10 for improvisation there um and yeah like like, trying to get it in through like uh in through a window or something yeah yeah there was like someone up above it was so good sick and it definitely wasn't dangerous with like you know dutch cycle lanes right behind them there's like so many i'm surprised no one got hit as far as i'm aware no one got hit um because there was like yeah the cycle lanes are like proper wide and there's so many cyclists coming along it um yeah from the welsh and to use cycle lanes yet yeah thanks um good info there that's what comms here for keeping us in check making sure the facts are (laughs) correct um cyclists go in cycle lane cars go on the road In other news, planes fly. <laughs> um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, from, not from ship all they know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Very good, very good. Ah, touche. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. 10, 10. <laughs> so well done, well done. Um, but yeah, like the Welsh, like we, I think most, I say we, I'm not Welsh, but I was with them, um, went out for meals outside of the hotel where I think everyone else was in the hotel i think the spaniards joined you guys in the hotel right for for food even though they were staying elsewhere mm-hmm. in gonagan and for yeah. uh, the others like you may be wondering euros wasn't host wasn't there wasn't just austria wales northern Ireland, sweden and switzerland at the euros others were dotted elsewhere i know england were just outside gonagan um scotland were at were in drachton um and i think Czechia were two. I'm not sure who else joined. No, Scotland. Czechia weren't. Czechia no. were about an hour out in the other direction. Sweet. So yeah, we were we were all over the place, but generally everyone was there on time, so we had no issues with that, as far as I can tell. Like I said, the 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 buses on the way there and on, on the way back worked really well. Um, sorry, just getting distracted by Callum yawning. <laughs> Clearly, he's bored of us already. <laughs> Did you hear that? No, I just saw it. Oh, <laughs> You're on video, mate. <laughs> don't forget that. I don't know. I, 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 I was worried you heard it. I was like, I just turned my mic off. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, sorry, I've I've been I've been moving and tidying my flat. I'm very exhausted. Yeah, there's a reason why we've had to delay it by a week. It's not just Zoe. We'd like to say it was just that it was not just Zoe. I could have I could have made the original one. I, I was out for the count. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't, I couldn't have said anything about Euros on Wednesday. I was so tired. Um, yeah, coming back to the hotel and then like having, like staying up to like 1am chatting and then being up at half six to then go to the dodgeball. Oh, it was long days of dodgeball, but it was so good. Because it was crazy. You'd yeah. come back, you'd get back to the hotel at what, like gone, gone six. It would be like half six, usually. Yeah. I think we got back. People would eat. By the time you've eaten, like eight and then you're like, yeah. what do we do now? Like, oh, I want to have a drink. Oh, wow, it's late. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was really good. I really... I, I slept about five hours each night at best. Yeah. Yeah. But How it's worth it. If I don't get eight hours, I'm a bloody burr. <laughs> you, you do it for euros, Colin. You do it for euros. That's why you do I've it. I've done it for euros before, and it was bloody struggle <laughs> and you'll do it again Actually, next year you will whenever whenever i end up drinking because i was referee and i wasn't even playing i end up like getting absolutely hammered with loads of like different refs and players that had just been knocked out in the group stage and stuff like that it was oh and there's one night that uh 
um, Ash from Storm um, trying to get me to go karaoke. And I was, he was like leaving at midnight and I was like, I've drank too much. I've got to be up at like six hours. I was like, I'm not doing two to three hours of karaoke on top of this. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to be murdered. <laughs> yeah, it was really difficult to have the discipline to go like, oh, I, I like it's half 10, 11 o'clock. I should probably go to bed and not oh, like, something actually. Happened, though, isn't there? But you just, you just want to carry on chatting because, you know, going back to this thing of uh, dodgeballers make dodgeball. Um, it, yeah, it's so nice chatting to people and everyone's so friendly. And... I wasn't getting any left range, mate. I know, um, but hey, the person, <laughs> the person who coined it is on this podcast, and she's not taking credit much, enough credit for it. So I'd like to keep pointing it out. <laughs> I'd like to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she, oh, well, uh, one last thing. Uh, do you want to talk about the gala? Because that was pretty awesome. Oh, I'm so jealous. I, oh. Getting so, all of like photos and videos sent through, and I was just like, I just want to be there so bad. It looks so fun. From everyone I've spoken to, they were like, it was one of the best that they've ever been to. The food was great. The open, the the open buffet, and then the the pizza hut and the burger hut or cart, they were really good. Um, so no problems with that. The drink system worked really well. Um, yeah. What was the drink I, system? Because it was it was what it was like. Uh, um, from the photos and videos I've seen, it seemed like a basic like it was all set up at the where the tournament was hosted, right? It's like everything was kind of like wheeled in. So how'd the bar work then? You got you had to you you still got one. Yeah, basically, I ended up not using all of them. I had two left over, so this is one of them. But um, never been more disappointed in my life. <laughs> I, I got distracted. Okay, um, I, I I forgot the drinking you part. You Sean grief. <laughs> God damn it! He knows too much. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So the way it worked was there was like a little like so when you you arrived, your your coach got uh, given you your wristband to let you in. Um, mm. and your uh, food token and your drinks tokens. Everyone got two drinks tokens to begin with, and then from then on, it was two euros 50 for a drinks token. And essentially, you got a beer for one token and then a spirit and a uh, soft drink for two tokens, so like rum and coke or whatever, um, for two tokens. So five euros, That's... it was pretty good. Um, very enjoyable. I definitely didn't feel like they, they held back on it either, so it was, it was definitely felt like oh. I got my money's worth, so... I had a good time. Um, we were outside we playing. Had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, pho- the photos of you are fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I've st- I've still yet to see a photo of you the gala night sober. <laughs> I don't think Zoe was sober by the time I got there. To be honest, <laughs> I I I got there to be fair before seven o'clock, and it opened at half six. So that's fucking good going. <laughs> my my favorite thing about Joey is that she's always on the edge of the photos. Go, hi. <laughs> anybody, anybody's listening to the podcast, just find any photo that Zoe is tagged in, and you'll know exactly the face I just pulled. Go well, actually, go to the Netherlands yeah. Dodgeball Facebook page because they posted them all on there. Um, and you, oh, they got a lot of photos. I haven't even yeah, seen them yet. Um, go Can't go wait. look on there. It's great. Um, some yeah some good photos over there that's that's uh, my podcast host though i'm proud of you i would have been in an even worse state if i was there so don't worry about it it was great but the problem was 
the problem with the gala, this isn't a problem with the actual gala, this is why I was drunk by the time Nick arrived. Um, <laughs> we, we the Swiss, were in the same group as the Scots in all three categories. We pointed this out on the podcast last time as yeah, an interesting yeah. little, you know, fun little thing. Um, and the Scots noticed this and decided to buy us a bottle of whiskey. A pretty good bottle of whiskey as well. Like, I, oh, I really liked what, it. it was that's really probably you said through to me, right? Yeah, uh, that looked pretty yeah. decent, to be sure. Um, the problem is, obviously, whiskey's an acquired taste. So we, like, opened up the bottle during our pre-drinks and handed it around. And, like, most people took a sip. And then they were done. But then there's still, like, half a bottle of whiskey left. And so the three or four of us that actually genuinely liked the whiskey were just, like, passing it back and forth on completely empty stomachs. <laughs> Um, oh. And then the gala started. Oh. Oh, no. And for context, Zoe likes her whiskey because uh, she will go travelling for it. Um, <laughs> she literally did a, a whiskey tasting tour of Scotland before her, ironically. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, she she knew the Scots got her decent stuff. That's um, yeah, that was so that was one of the first oh. comments. It was I heard. good. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> Uh, I'd be more impressed yeah. if you remember what it even tasted like. Anyway, it was, I'm, proud, I'm proud of you, and that's smooth. all that matters. Smooth, smooth. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud of you, and that's all that matters, right? <laughs> you drank enough for both of us, I think that's all right. <laughs> it happened yeah. in Newcastle as well, though. I am always the drunkest out of the Swiss by, like, a country mile, because I've lived in the UK for so long now that I drink like a Brit. And the Brits drink to get drunk, whereas the Swiss drink, drink to, forget to enjoy alcohol and get a bit, bit buzzed. The, the Brits are insane with the amount that they drink. We are very much like, you need to drink until you puke, and then you should drink more kind of people. And it's like, you don't. Yeah. You really don't. You really the, don't have to do that. The, co- the coach back to Groningen definitely wasn't filled with a load of drunk British people, was it? <laughs> oh, God. I got stuck. <laughs> I got stuck downstairs because the Brits invaded and like sat on the stairs and wouldn't let me back up to the Swiss upstairs. Yep, you got stuck with us. Ha <laughs> um, But yeah, no, it was a really good gala, um, and the like. The music was great. Um, DJ was ten out of ten. Great dance floor, um, and all the other things that they did as well. Because it wasn't just like the food, uh, the space outside to to chill. Because obviously it was such a nice, lovely, warm day. Um, and like the space to dance, but they'd also done like local like Dutch games as well. So there was like um, oh, I seen that. Throw, that was a, such a nice like touch. Yeah, yeah, really, like really such a yeah. nice touch. great, great stuff. Really well organized. Um, like the whole thing, as far as I'm concerned, I'm concerned, went off without a hitch. Um, I did realize I talked all about the gala and stuff, and there's like key things that I forgot to mention, such as like the Austrian music that was at the uh, the event, because <laughs> Austria and their um and their big speaker was awesome um their music choice great great taste i mean maybe i'm biased because i just like that type of music anyway but uh the the wakanda song that they were playing at the end of every match where they had everyone doing the same dance move honestly like i was with elliot at the end um and we were watching we were watching the awards ceremony okay um there is a song um We'll try and do like a little TikTok of us doing it, and um, we'll, we'll. No, we won't. <laughs> no, no, we won't. Well, I'll put the song on. I'll put the song on Instagram anyway, um, so you guys can go find it. But just to get an idea of what it was, and basically after every game, Austria would get in a line with with the other team, and then look to the crowd playing this song, and everyone would be doing this like dance move, um, 
and it was it was great but it was quite surreal at the end when it was the awards ceremony and the entirety of the hall was doing it like everyone all the players were yeah. doing it and all the uh, spectators were doing it it was uh, quite a surreal moment pretty cool um so yeah shout out yeah. to them bringing the vibes bringing the heavy vibes well, shall we actually talk about yeah, some dodgeball? Well ball? done, Austria, for deciding ahead of time what the what the theme tune. Oh, the theme tune. Yeah, the theme tune to of Euros twenty twenty two was the Wakanda song, um, which is really good. Hundred percent. Should we talk? Should we talk dodgeball yeah. then? All right. Okay. Let's let's go. Oh wow! Let's talk about how bad our predictions are. Oh, oh he's also <laughs> a great start. He's, he's, he's fucked it up yet again. Oh, I need to label stuff better. That's my problem. So right, obviously we're going to talk about women's. <laughs> um, three pools. You may remember them. Um, if you don't remember them from last time, go watch our previous episode because that's definitely the quickest way to go find out. Um, no, probably go follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and that's where you'll find all of these. So. These are the standings of the women's uh, pools at the end of day two. Um, so the top two from each group goes through and then the third pl- two best third places go through. So in this scenario, Northern Ireland, the Netherlands and Scotland qualified from pool A, Austria and Italy from pool B and England, France, pool C with Wales coming through as the final third place. There's a lot of interesting things looking at this that uh, caught my eye when I first watched it. Uh, or saw it, um, but I'll open it to the floor. I guess Zoe, what was your what were your th- thoughts on this and um, positioning? Because there are definitely some people that qualified in places that we didn't expect them to, and other teams that just didn't uh... qualify. <laughs> I think I expected Pool B to be the one, one of the ones that had a little bit of circular stuff going on, and actually, it's probably the most straightforward pool. It's um, do you know what's it's do you know what's pretty... to be about Pool B? Is that I look at the what? the first match in the first day, Italy Ireland was like a super tight game, mm-hmm. and, and Republic of Ireland end up finishing quite like low down. Yeah. I was so surprised. I looked I looked at the Italy Ireland game. Well, like unfortunately that was one of the games where the stream crashed, but I'd heard reports like Ireland were doing like play by play on it, and Italy like stormed ahead something like. 8 0, 8 2, or something like that. And then Republic of Ireland brought it back to one set between them. And then Italy mm. pulled away. I was after that, I was like, oh, yeah, right. Republic of Ireland women are going to step up and give uh, give some big games, which I think they did. But I, I, that's the one group where I look at. I'm just like, it, although it, yeah, it kind of like looks played out that it, uh, it was all simple, yeah. I feel like it was very un, undeserved for unjustified, is probably a better word. Um, that could have easily been a round robin of Italy, Sweden, Republic of Ireland um, going against each other because I think the Republic of Ireland Sweden game was like a, a very close encounter as well because I had Nick yeah. giving me text updates play by play for it. <laughs> I mean, but, um, yeah. from memory, the uh, sorry, the the Italian team had quite a lot of young players, new players for their women specifically. I don't really remember. I think they had some new players for their men, but their women were, were quite a different Italian squad to what we've seen before. Um, and the thing with that was that they got better over over the course of the tournament. So, mm. you know, I think if you'd had Italy and Republic of Ireland play at the end of the tournament, I don't think it would have been that close. But at the, on the first day, yeah, definitely. Well, Italy played Northern Ireland in the in the playoffs, um, and that was a close game. 
And what I will say about these three yeah. women, like the honestly, they. Uh, oh wait, sorry. Now I'm looking at the wrong group. <laughs> Would help if I'm not looking at mixed. Um, who did Italy play? Italy played Netherlands to begin with, and um, in the in the quarterfinals, and then lost to uh, Austria. Having looked at how Italy played, Italy women were fearless uh, in their in their style mm-hmm. of play. Like it's similar-ish to the French, what you were talking about before, in terms of very catchy and kind of stuff. Like they definitely had their catching ability and very quick and nimble around court. But what the Italian women do, from my perspective, what I saw was they were very aggressive being up court. So if you were uh, had three balls and you were you know about to make a call, expect the two Italian women's on the wing to be up around their side of the neutral zone yeah. um, trying yeah. to trying to get some fakes in trying to catch you unawares trying to disrupt that call making ability um which you know we've all experienced at um national leagues and stuff it's a good way to try and uh disrupt that calling so that they can then get the, p- the play two ball called on them because if they manage to yeah. do that then obviously you've got the ball advantage of four balls italy played that very well into their strengths um and that definitely showed in some of their games they were able to to stamp their authority by being that aggressive high up the court it didn't work well at times because some people were like well you're going to be up to the court fine i'll take you out you know that's that's the that's the the risk you run of being that aggressive but it was really great to see and especially for you know such a young team uh having that confidence to be that far up the court in a in a euros is is really great to watch yeah and they they, they play super well um yeah it'd be exciting to see what they do next year if they're able to take in the experience of this Euros. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, outside of the groups, the Italy's, like, knockout run was um, fairly he- heavy wins and losses. <laughs> um, mm. But they they did yeah. a really good job. Um, so, bravo Italia. Uh, did re- really good. It was really good, <laughs> really good fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, uh, that, that was Italy. I yeah. think... Like you were saying, we I think we all expected B to be the one that had a bit more of a round robin. And then like the yeah. thing that like blows me away with this is that you look at pull A and pull B and the points difference or the set difference for the third place was always higher than the second place in those Crazy, those two groups. Which yeah. which is mind blowing. And that like I didn't watch too much of pull A um, to understand this, uh, but pull C obviously I was quite invested in watching Wales. And Wales' groups went down to the fact that they kind of got blown away by France. Like, France were just insanely good. They played so well in that match against Wales. Um, yeah. I think we, you know, Zoe, you said before, you thought that we might have a round robin in this, in the fact that, you know, Wales might out-catch uh, out France, but it seemed to be kind of the other way around. Um, so, yeah, the thing that I thought was going to happen in Pool C was I thought, um, what was it? I thought that France would beat Czechia, Czechia would beat Wales, and Wales would beat France. And I thought the reason why Wales would beat France was because they have similar catching abilities. I, I think France is a little bit better, but Wales on a good day, very, very good catching ability. We saw it in the match against England. But the difference is Wales can throw, and I was expecting them to go down and then up as soon as they started to, like, they'd be caught out a bunch by France, and then they'd decide to stop throwing silly singles, stop you know giving away catches start tracking a bit better and it would all go better and uh they did the first bit and then they didn't they didn't learn mm. <laughs> it was just quite painful to watch um i think they a lot of the welsh girls were quite disappointed with themselves in that match and, and quite surprised sorry go ahead 
Oh, he fit it. Uh, no, I was going to say, especially whenever you compare how Wales played against England, like yeah, that was the mind blowing thing. One set, one set in it, and look at like that score difference for um, for England. Like, shows you the kind of style of play they were going for. They were just going aggressive, rack up as big of a win as possible um, against every team, and Wales just kept finding ways of clawing them, clawing themselves back into the game and making England work for it. This um, is definitely a game that I want to dive into a bit more because, like, it's. It's crazy. So, for those that didn't know, of the of the results of that group, the sort of like predicted round robin that we had. So, um, France beat Wales by uh, nineteen points to five or 19, uh, nineteen to five. Um, yeah. You had Wales beating Czech Republic sixteen ten, and then uh, France beat Czech Republic sixteen eight. So, uh, Czech did well. They weren't absolutely thrashed in any of them um but you know the other teams had the way to win but that that 19-5 win from france to wales is quite significant and then knowing this at this point right so for context of the england wales game the england wales game was the last game either of those teams were playing for that group so at this point wales know that if they don't beat england they're playing and even if they do beat england they're probably paying playing for that second or even just best third spot because they lost to france mm-hmm. so Going into England, uh, the England game, they've got to be thinking damage limitation, get the sets difference in our favour so that we can make sure that we're safe. Because the Sweden game afterwards that was against Hungary, um, they had a huge set difference to overcome. But, you know, before the the England game, that could be totally undone if England just ran away with it with Wales, which is obviously a fear after that that sort of 19-5 loss to France. And I think, and some people are going to think, Nick, you're being an idiot, you're stupid. But personally, cheers, buddy. Um, The way that Wales played, they won three sets on the bounce essentially to finish off the match against England, and they lost to England eleven nine. I think if Wales weren't worried about having to have the good set difference for the that third place playoff, I reckon they probably could have drawn it, um, maybe even won it. So for context, that last set. Basically, England wound down the clock to win it, but Wales were quite happy to let that kind of happen because it meant that they only lost by one set rather than like two sets or so. So there was, I think there were three Wales women left and there was only one English woman left on court. Um, and she lasted, I think, 30 seconds, uh, lasted it out. I think it was Immy uh, lasted it out and managed to stay alive. But I think if Wales really wanted to be really aggressive, they could have pushed for that 90-second set to tie the score. And maybe even have rushed the sets earlier to potentially have brought it back and maybe even win by one set. I think that's a bit of a that's a bit more rogue, but I definitely think draw was within the realm of possibility with the way that they were playing in that that final. And it was just such a weird game. Like England didn't put as much pressure on Wales as I expected at times. Like there were times where there were balls just sat yeah. in a neutral zone, and Hannah Ward just like literally walked up with the ball she was like only ball defending herself because the other ball was coming on court walked up to the neutral zone unpressured got the ball back and like that is the most un-english thing to do is not put pressure on a ball in in a neutral zone you want to be saying right okay you've got two balls at your side of the court we're going to put pressure on that ball to make sure you don't come and get it and you're either going to throw a single that's rubbish or we're going to put pressure on you so it's play two and you've got to throw both of your balls and try and recover this ball in the middle um, and they just didn't do it. It was bizarre. Yeah. It's a good game yeah. to watch, though. Good game to watch. 
Oh, it was fantastic. Like, shout out to Elisa playing an absolute blinder in that game. Like, yeah. some ridiculous catches. The throne was absolutely on point. She made that quarter own on real. That, um, that final set dominated it. Like, she did a. She got. she. So there was incredible. a three ball throw on her, I think, that happened. Three ball throw, which she dodged two, caught one, put one no, ball down to try and. Wasn't it, the, it was a four ball attack. Three where three were thrown right, and then she caught the yes. fourth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she dodged, but she dodged two. No, she made two catches. So she made one catch yeah. on the floor, put the ball down to try and get up, and as she got up, she reached for the other one and made the other catch. She got two yeah, catches oh, in a row, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's so yeah, weird because held ball released a little bit later. Yeah. yeah, and the hilarious thing is, is because at the same time, I can't remember who it was on the other court. I'm so sorry, but she threw it through a pre throw across court. And essentially, you saw three English women just turn and walk off in unison. And it was just like, what just happened? <laughs> it was great. It's a really, yeah. really, really good game. Um, but yeah, congratulations. England, England did still win that. Um, so they did yeah. hold on for the win. But Wales really showed a great resilience to come back from that loss to France. Um, yeah, the heads could have easily like gone down. You've, like, you've, you've lost to who your biggest competitor for that second spot is. And you're playing one of the best women's teams in Europe and the world. Like you could have easily gone in with your head held down and taken a batter, and nobody would have really kind of said anything otherwise. But for them to mentally prepare themselves for that game and go right, let's stick it to England and see what we can do. You know, very very good display from the Welsh girls there. Yeah, got to respect it. I think. Um... Two other games that I want to want to point out, um, which were really good, is in Group A or Pool A. The so one you're involved in, Zoe, the Dutch v Switzerland, and also then the Scottish v the Dutch as well, because I think not, none of us had the Dutch leaving this group. Um, no. We all had Scotland, Switzerland getting out, um, but Dutch played really well, really really well, um, and thoroughly deserved that second spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you want to talk about your think, game first? Because that was the first one that happened. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing, just in general, looking at Pool A, same thing in Pool C, is that you've managed to get second place has a worse set difference than third place in both of those groups. Netherlands by a substantial amount there. Minus, minus eight for a second place is insane. Um, and it's basically just because they played very close games uh, in, in all of the games that they played. I don't know what scoreline was against Spain, but uh, they they beat Switzerland, us, by one set, which I have agonized now over that footage to try and work out exactly what went wrong. Um, but, you know, that's, that's crazy, the fact that... Because Netherlands, Netherlands finished, what was it, like sixth overall in the whole competition? Fifth? In women's... Like I don't know if you know. Uh, yeah, fifth. The Netherlands fifth. finished fifth. Yeah. So Netherlands finished fifth overall, Switzerland finished 12th, and that was a 14-12 scoreline at the end um, between those two. So that kind of tells you, I think when we're looking at the overall rankings, it's important to remember that like it's really, really crowded in that middle zone. Like You've got Austria that is way ahead of everyone else in skill level, and then you've got England who are way ahead of most people and then not, not really touching Austria at all. And then you've got the rest of the group that all, you know, I would actually bet on most of those teams to uh, to take each other. Maybe I mean, like Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland was still Northern Ireland was still very impressive. 
They were yeah, impressive, I, I, but I think I think they showed that they're still quite behind in the women's game yeah. compared to England in that game. I think it was seventeen five. Yeah. Um like there's a lot of talented women as we've seen from their their the women that played in the mixed and stuff like that. But they're still they're still behind England and Austria in that conversation in my opinion. Yeah. I think our Swiss match against Northern Ireland I think was eighteen four or eighteen six or something like that. Twenty six. Um and we we didn't twenty six, there you go. Twenty six. Um, we obviously didn't get to play England this time around, but when we played them in Newcastle, it was the first match of the tournament, and they absolutely destroyed us. I think we tied one, so I think we got a point. Um, but otherwise, it was brutal, brutal, brutal match against England. Uh, and, and the time when we played them in Newcastle, it felt like there was no chance of getting an, an eye in anywhere. Like, you couldn't, mm. you couldn't push in. There was no room to manoeuvre. Whereas against Northern Ireland, a lot of those sets, if you watch back that match, yes, they beat us by a substantial amount. But actually, I think we felt quite hard done by in that match because some of those sets should have been pretty pretty close, and, and we were up, and then we lost a, you know, an advantage. And it's sort of like, you know, with five percent, ten percent more skill in the Swiss side, and, and you know, an extra years of experience, then then that would have been a super close match, um, which isn't the way that it feels when you play against England or Austria. So. I think Northern Ireland were very, very good, don't get me wrong, but I, I wouldn't put them yet, I wouldn't put their women yet in the same category as Austria and England. I would have yeah. definitely said they were the third best women's team at that tournament. Yes. But I don't yes. put them into the I don't put them into the talk of first place um for a bit. But there's a lot of women yeah. there that could definitely push on and give England and Austria a run for their money in in the next Euros for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think so going back to that Netherlands Switzerland game, like Zoe, you know, yeah. I've I've watched this back and I've been looking at it like, so what, what did happen in this game? And from my recollection, uh, Netherlands went up quite quickly. Uh, I think it was an 8-0 at halftime. Um, and then in the second half, Switzerland brought it back and it was 12-all going into the final set, I believe. Um, because the, the Dutch then won the final set, I believe, What is what happened. And it was a bit of a... Like there was just, I think, one incident that happened in the final set, and it was just a, a case of one ball goes flying here, and one person goes rushing up, and it just, you know, the the cover wasn't yeah. there, and it, it it was one of those, it was one moment, as we as we've discussed about in dodgeball, one moment it can change a lot of things, and whether it's down to a bit of communication, inexperience, whatever it may be, um, that's that that was the difference, I think when I watched the game, I think I said this to you, Zoe, is that Switzerland played a far more tactical game. They're, like, the the tactical, like, you know, let's wait for three balls or, you know, slower paced and picking off opponents worked really well. For Switzerland, they were making the catches when they needed to. They weren't fishing for anything. If it was an obvious catch, they were going for it. Sometimes it didn't pay off because the throw was too, too strong. And that's what I will say about the Dutch is that they were more aggressive in that stance. They were more aggressive about throwing pre-throws, more aggressive on... Um, when they were throwing at people to really like uh, hand the yeah. ball down um, and really you know go at it, especially on the wings. If you, if you were coming up on a counter on the wings, the Dutch were confident throwing a ball. If you were coming up and counter yeah. on the wings, and they were getting hits from it, it was paying off for them. Um, risky strategy against other teams, but you know in in the teams that they were playing against in that pool, it worked out for them, and that's why they came second uh, in that group. Yeah. It was a really good game to watch. I think yeah. yeah they 
in our predictions, Netherlands kind of went under the radar. And for me, then it was because when we played them in Newcastle, they were very, very skilled players. A lot of them have handball experience. You'll have noticed that, yeah. Nick, when, when they were doing their like social media meet the players, it felt like every single player they announced had come from handball and had handball background. And you can really feel that on court against them. And in 2019, when we played against them, uh, basically they were just tanks. They were, but but they they were loose cannons in the absolute like most literal version of that. Like they were cannons, but God, they were loose. Like they had very little structure to their play. They kind of backtracked incredibly slowly, which I think they still did a little bit this time round. But they they weren't defending each other, and that was the key difference this time round. Was they actually were getting up and defending each other, which meant that our tactic going into that match, we were like, you know, get out of the way of the balls. Make sure that we don't get hit out by these insanely strong throwers, these ex-handballers. Um, and then after that, we'll pick them off because they're going to be really slow backtracking. And then you went up to pick them off, and suddenly there's a winger there who's about to hit you in the face. And you're like, oh, okay, that's new. That's that's not what they used to do. Yeah. So clearly they, you know, I, I said that Italy were going to do that, that they were going to take the pandemic as an opportunity to learn tactics and that that might you know, help them. For some reason, I didn't apply the same logic to the Netherlands, and the Netherlands absolutely, you know, learned a lot of really good dodgeball intelligence over the pandemic, I think. Um, still and have a little especially. bit of ways to go, but absolutely, compared to in Newcastle, they were so much more confident on court, they were so much, so intelligent, so aggressive, um, and I think it just really took a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, the the, the absolute confidence with uh, holding balls as well, just like... <laughs> Going, yeah. there, there were there were t- there were times, and um, like Zoe, you you may have seen this as well. I think I think it was. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was. I can't I can't remember one of the one of the Dutch women. She was last in, and she's like, "Oh, I've got three balls." So she walks up holding all three, and she's got oh, like I, two, I this, yeah. one in one hand, one under it, and the other one. And she, she's I think she was even left-handed, and then throwing it. I say even left-handed. I can't imagine throwing left-handed, but like. <laughs> throwing with a strong hand, throwing with a strong hand, and I was just like, she she's got a whole half body just locked into <laughs> holding balls, and the the throw was still whistling past people or like whistling out, and I was like, that's that's scary, like <laughs> you <Yeah>. don't like <laughs> like it's like oh yeah okay it's okay she's throwing a ball now we can counter her or whatever or oh, okay she's holding three balls maybe we should pre throw her and like no because she was still able to dodge and move around she was. She was confident in holding the three. I was like, bloody hell, like, that's that's daunting. Like, literally, the, the definition of a tank walking up to the front of court and going, taking aim and just, I've got more yeah. ammo, just deal with this. It was, it was, yeah, very impressive to watch the Dutch play, uh, the Dutch women play. It was, um... And they're, they're yeah, all really like good. that. Yeah. They're all such insanely talented throwers. So when I think about that pool A, then, like, you know, I think about the great things in each team nobody in any of those teams came close. Like, I feel like the weakest Dutch player, throwing-wise, was probably still a stronger thrower than pretty much every other player in, in that pool. Um, it's ridiculous. They're so ridiculously fast at throwing. Yeah, and, and like, going back to, to Switzerland and what you guys did, like, you, you guys played well. And I think from a... from Okay, I'm not, I'm not really a coach, but, like, from what I could see is you played a style that fit people that you've got on your team you know you yeah. you looked at you looked at people you've got and you go right people playing this way let's build a tactic around that and it worked you know you you lost some really close games like you played really really well and like should be very happy with those results like i think you're the main reason you've got that rough score difference is 
entirely the Northern Ireland game, like looking at them. It's you you have some really good ga- uh, <laughs> games otherwise. Um, yeah, good good all round really. Um, and I think this is a, something I want to say about all the teams is that you know even Spain and Hungary that were I think this is the first time Hungary brought a women's team is it? Uh, <laughs> definitely the first time Spain's brought a women's team. Um, everyone looked good like they all understood the rules of dodgeball they all had their own tactics their own techniques everyone was bringing their own style of dodgeball to uh to play it wasn't a case of uh you know max said it on his interview uh with with sergio is that you know there was no real blowouts anywhere um there were some big score lines but they weren't absolute you know wrecking teams or anything because everyone was playing dodgeball everyone had their own tactics everyone had a calling system Everyone had a recognizable mm-hmm. form of dodgeball that we can all look at and say, yes, they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. And it was really great to see because it meant there was competition all around at every, every level. Um, and that's especially so in the knockouts. So, um, yeah, definitely want to say that about Spain, Hungary and Belgium as well. Like, you know, it was great, great to see. But any other any other groups games that really caught your, your, your eyes before we go on to the knockouts? I mean, Not they're all. I can really see. The the mo- most are available online to to watch. So, if there are any there that like look interesting to you or, or take your fancy, definitely go watch. But I'd definitely say France, Wales, go watch. Netherlands, Scotland, go watch. Um, uh, they they were good and Wales. Oh, we should we Wales should make England. a YouTube playlist and attach it yes, to the we should to the thing because that's what them YouTubers do, isn't it? Um, <laughs> them, them YouTubers. We oh. we are we are one we are we are one of them now. Um, oh. <laughs> cringy cringy man uh, it says you <laughs> right onto the uh, knockouts um, here's the knockout results so what's different from what we predicted uh, Netherlands and France going through in second place in their group and also going through because most of us didn't have to go through um which is quite funny because even Zoe didn't predict the women, uh, France women's going through. She had them go through mixed instead. So we had uh, Republic of Ireland and who am I missing? Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland going through. So well played, yeah, well played, Netherlands up. and France for for getting through and showing us wrong. Because uh, you know, as much as we like to say that we know what we're doing here, we do like being proven wrong because it's cool oh, to oh. see. To give Zoe credit, she did say that those French women were absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, she, she wasn't and wrong. They really showed it. Uh, and like, to to go on to that, um, oh, I, I'm going to mess up her first name. Is it Pauline Nat- Natalie? She got yeah, the, Pauline. She got the uh, the MVP for women's, and my God, is that fully deserved? Like you watched in the mixed or in the women's, she was fairly frequently the last player on court. And she was holding her own for long periods of time on court, making seriously impressive catches to bring players back in, level the playing field. Great, you know, pretty good throw on her, you know, going up or down the court as if, like, fitness wasn't even a problem. Like, breathing yeah. breathing the high air of the sports hall just didn't affect her at all, apparently. So she just keep on going really, <laughs> really well played. Um, very impressive. So, yeah, f- yeah. thoroughly well-deserved MVP. And, yeah, France just, yeah, played out this world, really. That's shown in that Northern Ireland France result. That's so, what, that's what so I was going to say is like for them to come away with only a one set loss against the team that eventually came third place is incredible. Yeah. Um, 
and like like Zoe was was telling us in the in the predictions podcast, like their their ability to catch and turn games around was better than pretty much every other team. Like they they go yeah. into a four one situation and they never was scared about getting hit out because they knew that the very least that was going to happen was a catching out. <laughs> um, and you call me cringy that, that definitely wasn't intended that's the best part of it um <laughs> yeah no they really impressed me and i've seen everything that that zoe was talking about previously like myself now and i have to say i was I, i'm like looking at them i was shocked that you didn't actually back them to do that well um, in the predictions it was um, purely mathematical. Like it was just yeah, that the, yeah, yeah. the group seemed to go against. That. But yeah, like, yeah I, you, I, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have predicted them to uh, to beat Wales the way they did. No. Um, but I, they really, they really impressed me. And I, and you said they're like a lot of them were very new, and this was their debut and stuff, right? Like yeah. to see where they're going to be next year will be very interesting. Very. very That's my. Uh, my big prediction at the end of Euros is that I don't think next year, but I think two Euros, maybe three Euros from now, France will be in the finals easily. Um, As in I think at the, the, the final. Oh. Like the final, final. Because oh, well, I, I honestly think, like, if you think about the fact that most of those players are under 18, their throwing is their weakest part at the moment. Like Nick just said, they are they were probably the best catching team at that tournament and you would expect their throwing to get better over time. I'd, so I'd, I'd have to say... Under 18... Sorry, I was just going to say, I have to yeah. say, if we're, if we're complimenting France in that way, we have to give Italy the same shout-out because oh, absolutely. Italy, yeah, Italy absolutely. and France had a very similar style of play and France were just slightly yep. better at it. Uh, the fact that yep. Italy had a draw against Netherlands and France against Northern Ireland is just rough and France really, really pushed Northern Ireland. So anyway, sorry, carry on yeah. about France. Yeah, no, I just think that like, I, I think a four day competition was always going to be quite tough on a group of 16 to 18 year olds, um, which was something we didn't really talk about in the podcast before. But like, like I, I do think that that's something that has an impact on younger players in a way that it doesn't as much on the older players. Um, I think they dropped off a little bit. I mean, you can't really see it from the score lines, but it felt like they slowly started to to crumble a little bit mentally at certain points um but god like once they once they gel properly once they get used to this as a format they're going to be terrifying they were already terrifying this time around can you imagine what they're going to be like when it's not their first euros it's going to be yeah. horrible for the rest of us absolutely um, especially get like get another two three euros under their belt and yeah that, that you've got a very strong strong squad like um yeah that they're they're a very exciting um national side to watch going forward um yeah I, i'm definitely on the hype train after seeing it myself <laughs> women's dodgeball's on the hype train right now because all the competitive teams you're getting out and the stars you're getting is just so exciting like because obviously you have the the home nations that obviously say the home nations like the, the uh england scotland northern ireland and wales that are pretty you know we know are pretty good at dodgeball um and you have austria women coming along and just dominating the scene but then, like Italy and France doing particularly well, Netherlands showing up in a big way this uh, this year. Like other teams are on the rise as well. Like Switzerland, you, you like said, you lost some very very close sets uh, on matches. Mm -hmm. That could have been a completely different story. Czechia were getting better. Sweden as well. Like uh, I know Sweden's women didn't do as well, but honestly, they like 
in my notes from the first day of dodgeball like of watching it like the first thing i was like sweden how did i miss this because like they played <laughs> so well in in, yeah. in all of them um yeah. but yeah to go on to like go back to france just finish up on them is that they lost to northern ireland and that match like uh, they lost to Northern Ireland by one set. They then go and lose, uh, beat Scotland by one set, and then lose to Netherlands by two sets to finish sixth overall. Like for first Euros for many of those players, like to have the mental resilience to win, like go from losing quarterfinals to beating Scotland by a set, and and being able to do that after losing to Northern Ireland by a set, um, like yeah. really really well played. And you know, I, I imagine that the Dutch felt, you know. They, they were in a similar situation but just had a bit more experience and probably won that game based on that but really well played and that that france northern ireland game what it came down to in the end i had a few messages after afterwards to go watch it because you know it was an interesting game and see what happened other people might say i'm wrong they had a similar ish style of play like northern ireland like france very much went for the quick counters and being up in uh, like being up on the counters and going for people on that way, and Northern Ireland were were kind of the same, but Northern Ireland were just better at getting people out on their three ball attacks and four ball attacks, mm-hmm. which is why they end up having the advantage. There was a bit of heartbreak at the end because um, there was a re- if you go watch it, there was a really long referee discussion at the end because essentially uh, the, the the audio on the uh, the video is not quite synced properly, but there is uh, it's three all. Um, player count going into the final seconds of the set whistle goes and there's a player hit now watching it back it does seem that the players hit before the whistle but obviously the audio is desynced so you can't necessarily tell um, but that's what they were deliberating of was it uh, three all or was it a Northern Ireland win uh, mm-hmm. if it was three all then it would have meant that um, France could still have drawn in the last set um, so it went from being uh, it was 10 8 uh it was 10 8 going into the last one so it would have been uh 11 11 9 and going into the last 90 second set france could still draw it if they if they they did it but unfortunately for france the the player was hit just just before the whistle um and that's what the rest took so long to talk about it was you know when was the hit taken and it was it was before i think it was the right decision in the end um and then yeah they they, they sorted that out um but it meant that France in the last set having won it. It was twelve eight going into it. Yeah. yeah, it was twelve eight going into it. So they were they brought it back, which is which is heartbreaking because it really was a fight in that second half. Um, all the oh, way it was, through. It was a great watch. It was a great watch. Re- yeah, really good. So, mm. um, you know, hearts go out to France, but you know, well played Northern Ireland for getting that hit. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's it, milliseconds away from mm. a very different outcome, which. Yep. Show, it shows you how well the French played, really did. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. Was, pro- was probably. The, I don't, sorry, just to just talk about that final hit. Like the experience probably showed in that as well, yeah. with a few seconds left, because it was a very. My memory is it's quite a big fish for it yeah, as well. Yeah, it was a fish. Like it wasn't. It wasn't a spectacular hit, um, in, in any way, you know. Um, so that, that's just a pure experience moment. I'd love to know um, if, if yeah. in France they call it un, un poisson as well, like <laughs> like calling it a fish. <laughs> Do they actually call it un poisson? Like, or not? <laughs> oh my god! Please, please, please educate me. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay. Well, that's that's a shame. Let's so let's like, start. You're, thing. you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have time to explain how wrong you are right now. 
your biggest mistake being that fish is the verb, not the uh, noun, and you just translated the noun for some reason. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I guess Weirdo. I don't know if there's a fish verb. To be fair, just, just fish. give him a just give him a knockout punch, please. Yeah, uh, two fish. Okay. Oh right, yeah, there's that. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tired, okay? God, make your, point, make your point about that hit, Kong. Put me on my Anyway, that was, that was a pure experience moment, and I can guarantee you that a moment like that wouldn't happen in a very tight match again next next Euros. Because that one, that one reach out is what made it a reach too far. For, oh, I'm too good at this. I'm too good at this. <laughs> oh, great A content from Colin, as always. No. Yeah, no. Um, but that's that was the difference between uh, a chance of making the uh, the semis and um, unfortunately just having it having it too far to to catch Northern Ireland. But I was it was still such an impressive display from from both teams, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can all ignore my terrible mistake you'll have noticed no you've noticed <laughs> i i noticed i know it's there and i've just realized so northern so ireland did lose and they lost 17 5 they didn't win they didn't lose and score 17 and yeah i reckon england won 17 5 that the reality <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> england got to the final um yeah. The other the other games in comparison were fairly comfortable for for all of them. I think the England Northern Ireland game, England kind of had it. I don't want to say had it in hand, but they kind of did. They um, never they yeah. never looked uncomfortable in the game, my opinion. Yeah. Um, um, I don't. I don't. That's not to the Northern Ireland one. I think they played really well throughout the entire tournament. I just think um, England are just that step above and very well deserved victory on their end which resulted in the final uh in the england austria final (laughs) 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 Um, look at the predictions now (laughs) yeah let's not um well done calm who didn't predict that i'm used to us too I was the only one that predicted Austria to win the women's. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally checking it now. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't believe that. you. No. Wow. All, okay. No. Sorry. Sorry. All of us had Austria England in the final. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Um, but but yeah. we said that England would win, and um, Colm said that the four-time winners would have a fifth-time win, which, to be fair, was the safer bet to go for. Yeah, it oh, was. No, to be fair. Fair. Sometimes safe is right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, out, of, out of all three of them, this is the one I was probably the most confident going in on, I can't lie. <laughs> Fair enough. I, sorry, I will say I still will say one thing to those of us that reached those that reached out about our predictions afterwards and say, you're wrong. Yes, we were wrong about, we should, probably should have read the formation of the seeding rules earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I yeah. will give credit to those that did point it out and say, um, yeah, the thing that we missed is we were right mostly, but the problem is, is the other rule that you're, you're doing this way thing again. Me and okay. Zoe just kind of threw the predictions. Yeah, I didn't out. do anything. So, so I don't like to. I don't like to say I because I don't. I don't want to take all the credit. But I got it mostly right. Um, but the only thing yeah. that I got wrong was wrong, I. Though. Yeah, it was wrong. 
is I didn't I didn't know the fact that EDF have a rule that means that if you if the seedings mean that you'd play someone that you played in your group in the quarterfinals, then they swap the matches around to make sure that you don't play someone in, from your group. Um, which basically means that if you finish eighth and first place was top of your group, then you would not play first, you'd play second. And first place would play seventh instead. Um, essentially how they do it. So they, they, they switch them you around. Play the next, you play the next ranking team. Yeah, that the makes closest sense. one. Yeah. Yeah. Which did take place here. Um, I think it was the front... It, uh, of all of them, it was the France-Northern Ireland game. I think France were effective. I think it was France and Italy got changed, I think. Because uh, Northern Ireland... I were the cannot same remember, I'll be honest. Group. Northern Ireland were the same group, I want to say. Can't remember. Um, I'm Northern not sure. Ireland and what? Italy weren't. I can't remember. But, but, but anyway, it. it's, it's, either it either way, it. It yeah, it did it did affect it. Um, but hey, that's um, by the by. Anyway, that that, that they were they were they were the predictions why we were wrong. And congratulations, congratulations to those that know the rules of EDF and understand how seeding works. And apologies <laughs> that it's my first Euros. I was just trying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to Austria, England in the final. What a game! Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, started so off started off with an absolute cracker of a set because it was straight away down to a 1v1. In fact, it was a 1v4, I believe, um, in favour of England. England had four players, Austria had one. Um, and uh, Austria, I believe it was player 19. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name in the end. But uh, she got, I think, a catch and two hits, I believe, uh, to bring it down to a 1v1 against Immy. Um, which congratulations to me on your Euros debut. Um, what a debut Incredible it was. debut. Very, very impressive debut. And this is one of those shining moments as well as lasting it out against Wales. Um, this one V one here where after, uh, just seeing your team, uh, taken apart by, by one player, you held your nerve yeah. and you, and you won the set and he's, you started off England on the right foot. Um, Big congrats on that one. Big, big, big very impressive win, uh, and very well played for a one v one as well. Um, so yeah, if you if you're not very good at one v ones, there are some notes to take from that one v one, especially about going back and get picking up a ball. Uh, was very very well done. Um, but yeah, what a what a what a match. Um, yeah. What do people have to say about it other than what an experience to watch that was? <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a very fun game to watch from from home, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think Austria are probably the deserving winners in the end. Um, overall, I, I do think they were the better team. Um, but by God, that England give them a game and make them work for it. Um, I, I didn't f- I didn't feel like England was kind of cutthroat. Um, against Austria as they were in other teams, I don't. I, I, I felt like the kind of a, they lacked a bit of aggression that I seen in other matches that they played, um, and I think that was probably the downfall. I think if they maybe brought that more aggressive side of them that we did see previously, it it might have even gone in their favor because there was a point where I was I was worried that um, my prediction was going to be wrong. To be honest, um, but I just I just felt like. Whenever Austria kind of turned it on, England didn't turn the aggression on the same way. Um, but yeah, that was that was a great final and a great display of women's dodgeball. Um, 
definitely the best two t- two teams in in my opinion in the world. Uh, I don't think anybody else kind of touches them really. Um, I could watch Austria versus England with for the women's um, every every year. To be honest, happily. <laughs> It was a great like, game. It was so. It was so good. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, really tough match for England. I I kind of agree with you. I don't think they were as cutthroat, and I think one of the reasons why England maybe doesn't have a thickly squeaky clean, uh, I don't know, reputation. I guess at Euros is is partly because they are quite cocky. To be honest, um, they walk into so many matches, and you can tell by the way that they're acting that they just know already that they've won that match. And you saw that in the England side so many times in that Euros. And then the Austria match, they walked on and it was, they didn't have that. All of that confidence had gone. You could tell they knew that they were the underdogs. They knew that they had to turn something around and they don't like being in that position. And I think that that sort of took the wind out of their sails a tiny bit. Um, Credit to them. I do think that they managed to, like they obviously gave Austria the best game that Austria had the whole tournament. You can see it by score lines. Nobody, nobody came close to giving you know, we talked about the fact that England almost lost to Wales in the group stages. Austria did not have an equivalent match to that. There was nobody who came close to touching Austria. Um, and also, if you look at the score lines, then they add up to quite high numbers. So you can tell by Austria's score lines that they're playing incredibly, incredibly quick games, uh, very quick sets, and they're, they're just sort of very clinical, picking people off and, and finishing things in two minutes, two minutes, 30, instead of running out the clock. Whereas England... Uh, quite a lot of the time, especially in the quarters and semis here, you can see that they're actually trying to run out time a little bit and, and play a very gentle-paced game by comparison. That final scoreline is more of a... It's a slower one. 14-10, that's that's a slower game, relatively speaking. And so I do think England it's managed average. to force... It's, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's bang on average it's of average. what you'd expect with the number of sets to be played in a match. Yeah. Um, so, so I think yeah. England managed to force Austria to like slow down a little bit, which is good, but I don't think that they managed to hold them to their own game. Um, and I think Austria, like the, the big thing that we were talking about afterwards in, in our chat was that, you know, you look to that England side and Lauren Hems was insane the, on both halves and Immy was brilliant, especially in the first half and also good in the second half. There were some little moments of brilliance each time. Austria... I struggle so much to tell you who the MVP was because they oh, were all incredible. so yeah. good. Every single player was an MVP in that squad. Every single one of them didn't have moments of brilliance. They were just brilliant the whole way through. Um, and I think that's the, the key difference between Austria and England. Is I'm not saying England has weak links. They absolutely don't. But Austria just have insane players, eight incredible players that are just on rotation constantly. Whereas England are sort of, yeah, struggling to find their... Uh, their pace a lot of the time. Yeah, it's a, it is a very good match. I think the score um, flatters England a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> because uh, the truth of the match, if you haven't watched it, um, yes, England won the first set. Um, Austria went on a bit of a rampage. Uh, they they got up, they've racked the set up really well. They, they were close sets. They were still very competitive, don't get me wrong, but they they were winning them and it was just adding up on the scoreboard very quickly and in the second half the the scoreline at one point was 14-6 in the second half with what just over three minutes to go so you know England did well to bring it back but I think Austria knew they'd done enough at that point um and they had enough skill to to 
you know, even if they are going to lose those sets to to wind down the clock. And you could see that in the way that they were playing. They were very good at managing the clock as well. They weren't clearly wasting time, but they were uh, doing things to take their time, taking their shots and, and making sure they were going up and throwing together and things like that. It was, yeah, just, uh, we, we said it in the last podcast, but we'll say it again, the Austrian women are just incredible dodgeball players. Um, mm-hmm. really really good match really really well played um, it was interesting listening to uh, Max on the, uh, the the dodgeball podcast because he was talking about how um, go listen to it first of all because it is a really into- good interview um, but he was talking about how that he you know from the Austrian perspective coming into this they were like look they won the treble before but uh, they can't expect to win the treble again because we we don't know what's happened since COVID, etc. And I think that's the the mm-hmm. right the right anticipation or the right expectation to set yourself going into it. Yeah. Um, and I think you know we kind of had that similar expectation because we were like, well, we've seen England training, we've seen uh, or correction, we've seen national leagues in England, and we know what everyone's capable of. And this has been really high, and it's like uh, nothing's really dropped off here. They must be looking really good going into it, uh, especially with how competitive women's Super League was. So hey, why would the England team not be as competitive? Um, but yeah, he was saying that like the men's are the, the the team that they worry about, and yeah, I, the women's team at the moment, I don't think they have anything to worry about at the moment. They look so good, and uh, going to Worlds in in August is going to be a great experience for them because I I they have to be going in favourites for cloth at this point. The the Austrian women because they just they look incredible. Just just yeah, again, go go watch their match again. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, speak, speaking kind of the talk about worlds a wee bit, like I'm really looking forward to seeing how uh, I really hope Austria versus GB happens because I want to see the difference of how GB plays against Austria yeah. compared to England. Because um, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming the women's coach for GB is different to the England coach. Yeah, don't know if either of you know so. that. I don't. I don't um, know. I'm not 100 sure. I'll be honest, but um, I'm I'm really excited because obviously you're gonna have quite a few different women on it um haven't seen the squads so i'm i'm really curious to see how that will pan out so fingers crossed we're gonna see that match at some point <laughs> yeah that, that would be good i think that's one thing that we noticed as well right is that when the squads came out for for england like we were all on our group chat and we were just like name your starting six go uh you know just from our experience of the players now uh Personally, like this is my first full time watching uh, Super League, so I was still getting to know quite a few of the players. Um, but interestingly, the three of us all came up with the exact same five players, and the sixth player we some not dis- didn't disagree on, but we were like it could be either or. Um, yeah. And I don't think there was one time we saw all six, all of those six players yeah. on court together, um, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, to be honest, because we feel like there were some players that probably should have been on there um, playing well. We're obviously not England coaches and, and England management. We don't know all the stats because we understand that England have stats to, to look at. And, you know, obviously they would they would make the decision that's right for them based on that. But from just the players we know and how they play, there were definitely a different lineup that, that we would have gone with. So if we're going to put a caveat on why we were wrong, that's going to be at least my caveat. Um, yeah. is is that the select the, the England team that was on the on court was not the England team that I was expecting but 
The caveat that the guy that's watched dodgeball, women's dodgeball for a year, <laughs> yeah, knows better than the entirety of the England coaching system. Yep, right, yeah. got it. Yeah, that, that's, that's my caveat. caveat. Is I'm I'm an idiot. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's go with that. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. And also, when we say that, that's not to take away from the rest of the women's players because the women's players are really good. Like all those positions are really competitive. Um, so yeah, you yeah. you you know. Don't take away from the fact it was a 14-10 result against Austria in the end, and Austria looked incredible. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing is it's it's very easy for us to sit here and and criticise or critique the decisions that were made by England as far as which players were put on court. Um, and I think at times in Euros when we were watching England play, then it was so hard not to just be like, for God's sake, like play this player, like just put that person on. You desperately need that person's style, and you know specific skills that they bring to dodgeball you need them in this match you can see the 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 things that are missing but it's really easy for us to say that if england had done that and if it had gone badly then then everyone would then be critiquing england and saying well why the hell did you put that person when when someone else is a better thrower so it's it's that kind of thing where i think you know my my big problem with england um whenever i criticize them is it feels as if i'm a i'm a center player i'm a middle player or an inner wing player so positions two through five um, and I look at the England side and it feels like those positions, they just fill them with wingers for some reason. But it's very easy for me to say that. Um, and, and that's, you know, it doesn't mean that that's an incorrect way of doing things. It's just that that's how it feels from the outside. Um, yeah, and I think GB will be interesting to look at just as far as whether or not those players that are a little bit more suited to two till five actually get given court time and, and get to play those things. And whether that makes a difference, because if it doesn't make a difference, then... Uh, yeah, you're I'll wrong, Zoe. As well, <laughs> no. I, I, like speaking of the decisions they have to make, like whenever we're saying that they've got some really quality middle players, like not coming mm-hmm. on, um, especially in my eyes, I, I was shocked that Emily Walker didn't get as much time. But I probably have bias in that as a big, uh, big name in the Emily Walker fan club. Um, yeah. we, we all are. We, we all are. We... <laughs> If you if you had if you hadn't guessed, we all love Emily Walker on this podcast. So absolutely great, and shout out to her for winning the women's last man or last women standing um, competition. <laughs> England's only gold. Um, <laughs> oh, taking shots. I I don't care. I have fun. Um, <laughs> um, no, like obviously we don't know what kind of how they want their middle players to play compared to other people and the kind of you know system that they want. We can guess it based on what we've seen and i think there may have been one or two decisions i would have done differently but you know that they, they obviously know a hell of a lot more about the team than i do um yeah. and about women's dodgeball than i do so i'm not gonna sit back in there and, and, and criticize heavily but um because you could have played any of those players and it could have been mm-hmm. um the exact same result um because they have an insanely strong depth in their uh in yeah. the ranks, um, and so do Austria. So, uh, like, basically, I know nothing. Is essentially what it's, it's a, like. I think it's worth pointing out how difficult a decision it is, right? Because we we've spoken about how difficult it is to put together a team anyway, right? Because to to some extent, we said like you need you need skill and ability, you need fitness, you need good dodgeball IQ, you need good yeah. mental strength to be able to endure the entire the entire match and not make mental errors when playing. But you also need good team chemistry and things like that, and you need to have. And then on top of that, you need a play style and a and a match 
tactic that that goes against your opponent and Austria are really hard to break down in that way and we're still an infant sport in a way in growing and getting that tactics and developing it from a coaching point of view to understand how to do that and players are still getting their heads around it so trying to keep all those things and and juggling them and, and keeping them in mind when you got to do it like there were players that that were in our six that were on court at times that just yeah. didn't have a good day and that's a you know that's a truth in dodgeball sometimes you just you're not you're not feeling it. it's not hot um yeah. you know catching is one of the biggest things that impacts a dodgeball game and that is a huge confidence-based skill if you're not confident going into a catch you're probably not going to be making it um and if you drop a few catches that can really knock your confidence for a whole day of dodgeball especially in the knockout tournaments you got here so there were some players that that were you know we rate really highly that were just having a, a bad day and that that happens that happens to everyone and from a coach's perspective that must be really difficult because you know they've got it in, in them to turn this yeah. game around in the way that they're yeah. playing and fulfill that role that you're looking for and then trying to find someone to necessarily replace that role or jump in and and have the same you know be as match ready and up to speed with this flow of the game as someone that's currently in it like how do you do that like it's the same thing we have like you know in other sports like rugby for example is you usually get the rolling substitutes about 60 minutes or whatever but it's actually a really difficult decision from them of sometimes you need to let players keep playing because they're in the flow of the game and they know how to keep going and sometimes you just need to bring on fresh legs in a dodgeball mm-hmm. game it's actually really difficult to do that because sometimes you've just you've only got really one shot at it because you have to win each set it's a it's a score a nested score system right you have the certain players left on court and then you also have the actual score that matters at the end of the day so it may be they're having a good impact on the court and getting lots of players out but maybe not winning those those sets and it's i you know being england coach being making those decisions absolute headache um or any international coach to be honest um because everyone's every every country's got their own difficulties with uh, squad selection whether it's ability play time whatever it may be absolute headache and especially as we grow as a sport and know more about how uh ebbs and flows of dodgeball go um we'll need to learn and keep experimenting to to learning on it so big big respect to those that are doing it yeah i would say massive massive congratulations to every single coach um at euros because it's insanely hard as a job and it's also one of the most thankless jobs you'll get like the coaches have to stand in the outbox or in the coaching box rather and like make those really tough decisions try and you know like we've said before it's chess right so they're trying to think five steps ahead of the opposition trying to work out what it is what the changes that you need to make to rebalance the game in your favor and then you have to make that change and communicate it to the players and somehow not have your players feel attacked by that change and, and communicate exactly why you're doing that or it's it's really you know you end up with a tricky situation where you can bring off you you might have to bring off one of your best players and they won't understand why you've done it and you can't explain it in that moment and if they start throwing a hissy fit then suddenly the entire mental game has gone down the shitter and basically you're all just screwed and and that's just the coaches have to deal with that constantly every single day i saw it with swiss team constantly that like they were just really struggling sometimes with those tricky decisions and and actually you know they would make them but god they they looked so pained by the fact they had to make those decisions and like like i said you know it's very easy for us to criticize because we can see what happened at the end of the day but as a coach in the moment you don't know how the decision you're making is going to impact the game you might have just made a decision that is going to lose you the entire match because you've taken off completely the wrong player and you're going to get hell for it later 
but you don't know that until you've done the thing and you see how it plays out. Um, so massive kudos to the, the coaches and the managers. It's it's a really, really hard job and it's one of the ones that's it's not flashy. You don't ever get you know, you don't get MVP for coaching. Um, but it's it's so core and critical to dodgeball and it's so it's such a vital thing and, and I think it's you know, one of those roles that's really gonna grow in dodgeball over time. Uh, just that tactical side of things. And uh, on today's tangent, um, this is why I want British dodgeball to bring in um, an area for subs like they have in the European tournaments, so that you can <laughs> actually have those conversations whenever you take players off. Yeah. Because I find it very frustrating that whenever I'm looking to make substitutions, I can't talk to my players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's that. That also comes down to a bit of facilities things, right? Because on some yeah. of the some of the courts, we just don't have space for that realistically. Yeah. But I do. It should happen in St George's Park, though. St George's Park, I, I agree. Plenty of space. There and is three small halls. To be fair, most of the subs are like not too far away anyway. To be fair, but we probably should George's have. Park, it is brutal. I can't have like sub boxes. Yeah. It, we probably should have discussed this earlier, but there are definitely there is definitely room for discussion on what rules would we like to see come in from the European set. I know that Bant Dodge were bringing up um, that as a question. <laughs> um, I have my own opinions about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's valid to bring some of it up. I think you know one of the things that I ended up very late talking to Sean about was rules most of the time. Um, because it was, it's a fascinating thing. We play a different rule set in Britain as we, as as everyone else does in Europe, and everyone For else. For some locally, reason, yeah, everyone else locally in Europe seems to do it as well. So, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think prob- let's let's bring that up on the next podcast yeah. uh, as, next a, as a spicy next oh, one. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think a, a rules one definitely... after um, the men and mixed would be quite an interesting one to do actually. Yeah. Yeah. So agreed. we'll 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 discuss a bit of that then. Um, but the only the other thing I was going to mention, a highlight from the England Austrian game, is watch out for the most amazing ricochet catches that came off in that game. Like, <laughs> honestly, two two ones that are worth watching out. I think they happened in the same set. I think it was the second set it happened in, and one was um, a ricochet catch off. Uh, I want to say it was off uh, Hems, and it goes all the way across court. And Immy just drops the ball and catches it like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just like, sorry, what just happened? Amazing <laughs> reflex catch. Um, and then to fit to finish that set, I think, happened where it was a 1v3 England against Austria. So one English woman, three uh, Austrian women. And um, the way it happened was is uh, the English player threw a ball, uh, absolute toadinger on the uh, Austrian. Uh, but the Austrian behind her reacted quickly to then snatch it out of the air as well. So the set ends because it hits one player, goes straight up, and the other Austrian catches it. And it's just like, these weren't your typical like mm. rebound catches that you see where it goes off to someone, everyone's just staring in the air, waiting for gravity to take effect, and it comes right <laughs> down. These were like, oh, it's hit, bang, I've caught the, I've caught the ball. Like These insane reflex catches, it was, oh, just, yeah, what a game. What, what an absolute game. Very, very much. Go watch watching. it. Go watch yeah. the match. It's only well, 30 minutes, so it'll be the best day <laughs> Yeah, we, we were saying it before, like, the amount of, like, oh, this, ge- the, this game look could be an absolute cracker. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of games that were absolute crackers. We've got two other competitions to cover as well. We've got mixed and men's. Mm-hmm. There were some great games in this. Women's, like, there were some real, real spicy games throughout the competition. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely... Uh... 
on YouTube in the link in the descriptions, throw in the Turnify, or yes. I, I think that's how you pronounce it, link to yeah. that, and you'll see all the really close matches to to watch out for. Yeah. Because um, yeah. there literally is, there, I think there's probably about 15 in the list you sent over, Zoe, and you could have easily added in another 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I completely ignored ignore Zoe's list and watch my own because I... <laughs> I'd, I'd seen, I had messages from other people to watch some games and I saw some games live and honestly they were just so, like you could, one person could say go watch these because they're really close and then the other one, like there are other games that would say go watch this because it was just a class game but played by yeah, two yeah. really great teams. Like one that I really wish happened, I would have loved to see the Italian women and French women play each other. That would have been a fascinating match to watch because of the play styles and I think in in fact, I'm gonna change it over to the final standings now. But um, oh, let's see, did I get it right? Yes. Um, so <laughs> Italy in fourth and and France sixth. I think Netherlands snuck in in fifth. Totally well deserved. But I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if Italy and France played each other. I I because oh, I don't know. Been, would that happened. would have been a really good playoff match. Yeah. Um, if it had come about you know just a bit of uh, foreshadowing they're they're matching mixed <sighs> what a game what a game <laughs> um so yeah the i would have loved to see their women play each other as well maybe uh if there's cec happening is there cec this year or is it next year i don't know if there's one this year i have no idea i haven't heard anything about cec so i'd assume that ccs and necs are being delayed because of the whole uh euros happening back to back then yeah euros then was right um, yeah. Yeah. So whenever that happens, whenever CEC is, um, I would if someone can just record the Italy France game, women's game for me. And <laughs> oh, uh, Nick, let's go over, go over and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever it is, yeah. You know what? Screw it. Let's do it. This is just going to be a touring podcast at the end of the day. Like, how cool would it be if we can do an in-person podcast one day? We'll just be set up and it's like, here's a catching up podcast. And we've just like rented out a bar and everyone's just like, everyone's just playing dodgeball to come See, to I, the bar to listen to us talk about them. <laughs> I want this to turn into the dodgeball version of the Peter Crouch podcast, which is lit because that's literally what they do. They just yeah. eat a curry and uh, drink beer and chat about rubbish. It's fucking amazing. But in order for in order us to do for us to do that, you guys need to hit that subscribe button, uh, follow. <laughs> Not an Yeah, five five star review. Leave a rating and a review on all the podcast apps. Let us know what you think. Uh, all the interactions help. Share with your friends and family uh, because hey, we want to raise the profile of Dodgeball and uh, just sharing them, like uh, sharing to the, to all your friends and stuff of hey, look, this is what's happening in the sport and this is their take on how I played and stuff. Like, go do it because we, we want to uh, try and share the sport, you know, the sport that we love with as many people. And I think Max, Max put it very well. Like, you know, we want the, we want the sport to grow. We want to see the competition be as uh, competitive as possible. And like, yeah, my takeaway from the Euros was it was a fascinating experience. It was just so, so enjoyable from beginning to end. I was absolutely knackered by the end of it, but my God, it was worth mm. it. Um because just the experience was unforgettable. Best experience of the year by far um, for me. Nothing's going to uh, top this for the rest of the year, for sure. Um, I think it's just amazing looking at that women's table and just really thinking, like, 5th through 12th, I would honestly say pitch any of those teams against any other team within that section, and you could have just such a such an amazingly close match. And that's, say that's such a great similar, range. Because Ireland... 
um, finished behind Sweden in their group and then finished yeah. above them in the rankings. Yeah, how did that happen again? It was because uh, Ireland beat Switzerland, so they beat you, yeah. and then uh, yeah, Sweden lost to Czech Republic. Yeah. So I yeah, it was man, it was a rough time for Switzerland because like you played some really great games, <laughs> um, and they were really close. That is, it's mental. And and oh, like yeah. even even in that, those knockouts, right? You lost to Ireland by one set. You lost to Sweden by two yeah. sets. Like yeah. heartbreak. Um, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm very aware. You don't need to repeat it. I, no, for, for those that don't know, that's what I do. Carl wasn't at Euros, so he's losing every game. <laughs> what did I lose? Oh, I don't know. Um, dignity. Yeah, a lot of dignity when I asked for all the dodgeballs. Um, but yeah, uh, it yeah. There's so, some interesting placements there. I think. Um, yeah, I think. It's so difficult to say who should have finished where, to be honest. And those results are, hey, it's going to make next year interesting, isn't it? Because uh, exactly those seedings that have changed around is. Uh, pretty, I was making the the graphic for social media of like who's moved around and stuff like that, and I was looking at it. It's just like I think there's like one or two teams that didn't change position. Everyone else moved yeah. up or, or down. Um, and I love to see where Spain, Hungary, and Belgium come to next time because. They were not bad, like I was saying. Like they brought the competition. Um, yeah. The the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth playoff was 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 fascinating to watch. It didn't was it the women's or no? Yeah, it was the men's or mixed where there was Spain, Hungary drew. I think. Uh, mm. No, sorry, yeah. it, it was Ireland. Ireland drew against Hungary, didn't they? In the men's. Um, yeah, in the men's. Yeah. Yeah, but that was. Yeah. What I a, think the other thing that this table doesn't really capture, um, not to go on about Switzerland and just try and reverse the pity party around Switzerland, but Switzerland came 12th here, we came 12th last time, but the big difference between that 12th is that there are more countries involved. We came dead last time. We are not dead last this time around, and it's quite quite hard to remember that when you're looking at these positions, that even if you came you know, a position lower than you did last time, you still are at the same level, if not better, than you were in 2019, just through virtue of the fact there are more teams involved and, and the sport's growing. So if you manage to maintain position, that is that is impressive. That is kudos to you. Um, it's it's good. It's growing. And that's that's what we want to see. Yeah, not to break Colum's heart, but Ireland finishing 10th compared to, I think oh. it was 7th last time. Yeah, sad, but it's a times. very different squad. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, very different squad the last time. Like... So I'm not overly surprised. Like there'd be a lot of embedding to be done, but um, a big shout out. I thought um, Meg and Kiwi played absolute blinders for Ireland. Um, yeah, really. They were they were incredible in my eyes. The rest of the girls played very well, but them two in particular, their aggression on the wings. I thought any anybody looking to play um, in the wing and dodgeball should be looking at girls like them. I, I honestly incredible in my eyes um so hopefully hopefully next time that i see the iron women playing um I, I, if they can gel a bit more and get the team dynamics nailed down a bit more could definitely see them jumping up the table by quite a few places um because yeah you see them have a yeah they had a really close game with italy um had a really close game with sweden and switzerland like the the differences between the teams in that section is is minimal, um, yeah. realistically. 
you know, there were some games where one catch and you turn a loss into a win. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they how they do. Hopefully, I'll be on the on the panel and train with them again next next season. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing how it goes. It's exciting. Yeah, I think yeah. the um, it's it's interesting. Like looking at this from from my perspective is the Wales Scotland positioning because I was with the Welsh and I know quite a few the Scottish players playing because some of them are at Leeds um, and the Scottish women played really well and seeing them play out for 7th 8th after the quarterfinals was a tough a tough position to be in and I feel like yeah that's really rough sure. for them but then like you know the position the people that got the positions above the teams well deserved like can't argue with it like I think finishing seventh and eighth has to be we said it before this on on the, the pre-euros podcast but finish almost like someone's got to finish seventh but like you've got you've got to be proud to finish seventh because or eighth because getting into the quarterfinals is not easy um and it, it was a tough set of group stages and it was yeah like you said wales and scotland finished on a higher uh, set difference than uh, netherlands and france but netherlands and france put finished fifth and sixth yeah or, for a reason um so that is dodgeball um so yeah it really really well played everyone and uh we'll see what next year brings it's gonna be gonna be interesting um just to like shout some other things that i saw that like in the women's game it was really uh really cool um i think i'm gonna this is so embarrassing i should have done proper research on name is it kirsty key for northern ireland i think i'm putting it putting a name out there and i don't know oh, anyway I don't know the she, was, she was playing she she surname key either way i think she's number nine could be wrong um the definition of passion for dodgeball like the way <laughs> she the way she fired up the rest of her team for like they won a set and a pure passion on this honestly it was incredible to watch like just absolutely energizing the team like we've got this come on like every game made so especially in that france game like every win meant so much and it does. It really does. Um, when you know, know what that feeling is like on court when you win a set that you were like, you know, it means the world to you to win that set because you're just like, come on, we're we're showing that we're doing this. Let's go for another one. We can do another one. We've got we've got the momentum behind us um, because we know dodgeball is a momentum based sport as well. Like, um, really great to watch. Uh, love seeing that enthusiasm because uh, we 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 all feel it in the stands as well because we know how much uh, we are addicted to dodgeball as well. So. The smile on your face right now is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was great, great to watch. But yeah, I think cool. that's, that's it for for it, and only only a two hour episode. I was getting very very aware of that. I'm an, still an hour ahead of you guys, and I'm just I'm so knackered right now. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna drift off soon after this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um thanks for thanks for watching everyone uh, or listening if you are on podcast don't forget to find us on instagram reach out to us say hi um i'm sure we'll be uh, spreading the memes and the love uh love through that way as well um expect more reels um impressive that we've got 1600 views on one reel don't know quite how that happened <laughs> just loving it's it it's the french the power of the French. Allez, um, excuse my horrific, horrific <laughs> French. Uh, I know, it's terrible. Um, I'm just 
gonna quit. Um, <laughs> I lays lays blues. <laughs> Murky buckets. Um, <laughs> just butchering a language right now. Never, uh, never hit those numbers ever again after that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, rest in pieces. Our love for the French. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, don't forget to yeah hit that subscribe button, hit the bell uh, icon for the notifications when we do post videos and. Um, yeah, honestly, it would be great if we could get some five-star reviews on podcasts soon, uh, just so we can let other people know that we're actually a decent podcast, woo, and we talk about fun stuff woo. like dodgeball. Um, but yeah, cheers, guys. Uh, see you on the next episode next week. See you next time.